Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Salty Club podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Creeper, and I decided to leave the usual intro out of this interview. I know intros can be good for getting a sense of what the podcast is about, but I also know if you listen to a few of the same podcasts, it can get kind of a bit um, tedious having to listen to the same one minute intro over and over again. So if you're new here, just have a read of the description to see what we're about. Or if not, just take my word for it. We have some pretty fucking cool conversations on here. And that's all you need to know. (laughs) So Rebecca is the vision keeper for a new paradigm for motherhood. She activates women to create a new paradigm for motherhood that is based on a strong foundation of unlearning old programming and conditioning that is ready to be transformed into freedom and empowerment through authenticity and truth. Rebecca has trained with shamanic practitioners, experienced sex coaches, expert human design trainers, and world-leading healers and coaches to become a woman of immense skill. Living integrated in her full power, her clients also benefit from her natural energetic gifts of deep intuition, primal wisdom, and ability to find clarity within chaos. Currently, Rebecca is back living in Australia with her children after six months working and training with powerful healers overseas. She spends her days activating mamas all over the globe, empowering them to embody the true mother energy that this world is craving. I loved having this conversation and if you're a mother, if you're planning to be a mother or even if not, it's still, it's such a potent conversation and I am so, so stoked to share it with you all. So Rebecca, I'm so happy to be talking to you. I've wanted to do this for so long. I know, me too, me too. And we've got matching accents. Which is I like know. Normally, <laughs> normally when I do interviews, it's like an American accent and mine, and I'm, I'm the one that sounds weird, but we match. Right. So how, firstly, how would you describe what you do? Oh, um, so I describe myself as an energetic embodiment coach, particularly for mothers. So I work with women on uncovering their unique energetic signature, so who they truly authentically are and embodying that in their everyday life. And the reason that I focus particularly on mothers is because there's all these added dimensions that come into your life when you have children that uh, can kind of impact you and that's been my personal experience as well, my, my life story around impacting who I am and how I show up in the world that was really amplified at the point when I had children. So uh, I really have a huge passion in like supporting mothers to really embrace who they truly are and showing up in motherhood in that space rather than with all the conditioning and shoulds and coulds that gets uh, kind of projected onto them at the point when they give birth. Mm-hmm. What are some of those shoulds and coulds and what do you find the old paradigm of motherhood is and what do you find yeah. that a lot of mothers yeah. do face? What are some of the main things that stick out for you? Yeah, I think the the main thing that uh, really comes up when, when I start talking to mothers in, in terms of this old paradigm of motherhood is that the children are the core of everything that they do so that uh, there's this kind of sense of sacrifice that comes along with motherhood and and that you should sacrifice for your children and my approach and and the new paradigm of motherhood and and what I advocate for is that women keep themselves firmly in the center of their own world so that you are uniquely and divinely created to be the perfect person to raise your children and that the best way the best gift that you can give your children is to really embrace who you are and who you who you uh, truly feel that you can be in the world and and by doing that you actually give your children that the permission to be themselves in the world which is really the the gift that we're all wanting to receive so mm-hmm. um the new paradigm of motherhood is all based around this truth and authenticity of each individual person and letting go of all of these shoulds and coulds that are placed on us around who we should be and who we could be in our role as mothers and replacing it with this who am i and, you know, what are my unique gifts and, and the essence of who I am? And that in, in itself creates the perfect mother for, for your children. Mm. I'm 
as as you know, but as some of our listeners might not know, I'm a new mum. So I had my baby yeah. three months ago. And before I had Jago, I, I really thought I was going to have that dialed. I really thought because I understand the theory of it. I understand. But in practice, I find it's actually a lot harder than I thought because the way I used to say to my mum's my mum friends like you need to take care of yourself and you know you don't have to lose yourself and it's okay to put yourself first and it's okay to do what lights you up but I didn't realize how hard that actually is yeah yeah so this is something that really uh it was about two years ago I was working with a, a beautiful coach and he was uh, helping me kind of explore who I was as a coach and what I really wanted to do and he said to me once he go uh, just one day out of the blue he goes I think you should work with mothers and it sent me off into this spin and I was like this is the problem as soon as you have children <laughs> that's all anybody sees is that you're a mother and 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 I sat with it for a few days and he was really great he held space for it and and I realized that that yeah, this was the this was a really important thing that there was nobody out there working specifically with this understanding of of motherhood and how it changed you. So mm. it is really easy to look at a woman and say, you know, be your true authentic self. And and there is this need to rebirth yourself because there is this part of you that shifts and morphs and changes when you have children. So that everything that you thought you were before you had children is uh is like reborn in a completely new and different way so those things that that people say which is like take time for yourself and focus on yourself and all the rest of it uh it's still true after you have children but it has this added dimension of like what does that mean and something that a lot of the women that come into my container the the two main things that they really struggle with is time because obviously when you have children, there is this requirement and, and desire to devote time to your children. And so those things like just take time for yourself. It's not as simple as just like, oh, I'm going to take an hour and do something that I enjoy doing. It's like where, where does this fit in into the grand scheme of life and everything mm. that I'm, I've got and the other, and part of that, and it's an extension of that time piece is, is guilt, right? Mm -hmm. So that real sensation of every time I am taking time for myself and investing uh, the time that I do have available into myself, I'm taking it away from my children and this sensation of I'm doing something wrong in that. And that is really an, an, an old paradigm conditioning that we've received, right? Because, uh, we believe that an investment of our time is actually intrinsically linked to the value and the worth of what we're doing. So when we take time away from our children, suddenly our value and our worth as a mother is reduced. So in actual fact, it's really about sinking into that next deeper layer. And, and my work is all about depth, right? So it's, it's about looking at self-care and self-love and truth and authenticity at this deeper layer. And part of uh, what I work with in mothers is, is that understanding that that time that you are spending on yourself is not taking time away from your children. It's actually really, really investing in your children. So my, uh, my own personal journey involved me uh, living a life that was really, really out of alignment for me. So I was the stay-at-home mother on a farm, married to a farmer, you know, baking scones, growing vegetables, you know, keeping the perfect house, playing Lego with my children. And I just slowly, as a woman, uh, my essence just kind of leaked out of me and disappeared and I became kind of like a shadow of myself and I was just going through the motions and so even though all of my time was invested in my children none of my energy and my essence was because it didn't exist anymore so taking that time to really invest back into myself and even though there was this guilt that rose up it was around clearing that guilt because I also had guilt around not really being present and loving and enjoying my role as a mother I actually had huge resentment and uh, and a bitterness around having to uh, live this life that was out of alignment for me so that investment of time back into myself actually allowed my essence and my energy to return and therefore like when I did show up for my children 
all of my energy and my essence was in that. And so the time that I gave my children was so much richer and deeper and more nourishing for them. And they were able to bloom so much, uh, so much more effortlessly under that than they were beforehand when I was probably giving them, you know, double the amount of time as what I was giving them initially. And then, of course, if we add in the dimension of ages, like my children now, the youngest is 12, the eldest is 16. I have a lot more time than I used to compared to somebody like you who has a three-month-old baby, right? Like, so there is that as well. So there is this need for us to approach uh, investing in ourselves in a different kind of way, depending on where we're at in our stage of motherhood. So whilst I can actually take time, I can be alone now with older children. Uh, They're capable of looking after themselves and I can go for an hour beach walk and the house hopefully isn't going to burn down in my (laughs) absence. (laughs) You haven't got that luxury yet because your child requires you to be physically present. So it's about Mm. um, being flexible with, you know, with how we invest time into ourselves and how we show up for ourselves depending on the circumstances that we have around the age of our children and their, their needs and, and their special requirements as well. So some children need different things from their parents. So it's about when you do invest time into yourself, making sure it's really good quality time and that you are uh, what I call turned on by what you're doing for yourself so that you're not just going through the motions and doing these practices or uh, you know, having these uh, moments that everybody says will nourish you if you're feeling like it's not, right? So yeah. there's a lot of rule breaking in the way that I work with women. I love because, it. Because, uh, yeah, the, the, the way that we're told to be mothers is very much uh, structured, right? It, there's a lot of rules in the old paradigm around uh, what constitutes a really great uh, mother so something as simple as you know something that you might have uh, experienced is that like to breastfeed or not breastfeed right so there's a lot of rules around that there's a lot of shoulds and coulds you know breastfeeding is better than formula and all of that sort of stuff and and we look at at that situation um, in terms of like time and investment into self right and my youngest son he would have breastfed every two hours 24 hours a day and that was exhausting to me and really took up a lot of my time and my energy and my essence Um, and and I didn't have that to give to anything else right so for me giving him a bottle allowed me to be a lot full more fuller of myself and my own energy and therefore I could give him a lot more uh, than just breast milk right Mm -hmm. Uh, and and so for me that was the correct decision with him and, and likewise, then when it came around to the girls, I, I got all these rules put on me then of like, oh, well, you bottle fed your son. So you'll probably <laughs> bottle feed your daughters. And they were like gems at breastfeeding and it was effortless and easy for me to breastfeed them. So I breastfed them. And then, so then I got all these people saying, oh, well, you could have done it with your son then, couldn't you? And I was like, well, no, I couldn't back then. So it's like this, I just made my own rules up along the way, which is something that I really sink into with clients. It's like, whenever you feel like there is a rule or a, a, a way that you should do something, question it. It's like the mm. curiosity of it. Um, because there is no handbook to to parenthood. I go into bookstores so often and look at the shelves and there's all these like how to be a good mother books of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. And they're written by women who have worked out how to do motherhood their way that works for them. And that's brilliant. But because it worked for them doesn't mean it will work for you and so it's like everybody needs to write their own book on how to be a mother and that's the new paradigm of motherhood yeah that I had a big experience with that with um sleeping in the cot like I really wanted to do the right thing that he goes down in the cot but he just would not sleep in the cot but when he was on me he would sleep so I started co-sleeping I had two weeks where it was just neither of us were sleeping because in Australia here not so much because I went with like a more um natural midwifery kind of side but in Australia I feel like there's that big fear of like SIDS and and sleeping with your baby and there's all these regulations and and they kind of put that fear into you 
but I just slept, we both just slept so much better just in the same bed. And the more I actually learned about the wisdom of the female body, I learned that actually your instincts are just so like so finely tuned that if you're not on any substance, there is like, I'm not an expert, but I just feel like there is no way you could roll onto that child. Like you are so attuned and you are using senses that you'd never even realize you had that. I just think there is absolutely no way that that could happen, you know? And that was part of moving through that fear of what everyone else had put on me and going with my inner knowing and knowing there is Mm. no way that this can be bad for us when we're both sleeping the most we've slept, Mm. when we're both feeling more connected. I can't speak for him, but I feel like you can feel it. But that was kind of my first venture. Well, my second, my first would be staying in the country and having my baby in the house and not coming back to Australia during the pandemic. But really my, and that's where I feel like, yes, we get put into this position where there is all these really restrictive rules about what uh, a good mother is. Yeah. And that's, so that's such a super important point, right? So you've called it instinct and I call it turn on, right? So it's like, what feels good to you as a mother? Um, And that applies like, so we talk about this in general terms in, in the coaching world and investing in yourself in like finding what is right for you, what feels good for you, right? Um, what what turns you on, what your instincts tell you is the right thing for you. And mm-hmm. this is one of the things in, in as Western women that we really struggle with because we're not taught to listen to our instincts before we become mothers. And motherhood is such an instinctual thing, right? We know how to do it if we know how to listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we've never been taught how to listen to ourselves. And so part of what happens with Western women when they become mothers is it's like this fast track training in reconnecting with your instincts, reconnecting with your senses, reconnecting with what turns you on, opens you up and allows you to fully embrace those beautiful feminine gifts that we have that uh, give us that inner knowing that's what, what is correct for us. And so we can look at that from this like, a negative place of like oh that's a bad thing and like it's going to be really hard for us or we can look at it in a really positive way that motherhood is actually and this is how I like to look at it but motherhood is actually a catalyst for us to step into our natural state of being because as women we have this incredible magic like it's pure magic our instincts are inexplainable once you get past a certain level right we can talk about the science of how instincts work about how our senses help us guide us through what we do but then there's also this magical layer it's like I compare it to we don't have to sit here when we're pregnant and think about growing the baby it just happens our body Mm -hmm. just knows what to do and the extension of that is once these children leave our bodies and they're in our arms and they're in our lives We still have that ability, right? We have that ability to know what we need to do if we know how to listen to it. And so it is about moving through all of that shoulds and coulds, the conditioning and the programming, which comes up as fear, anxiety, guilt, stress, worry, all of those things, being with them and moving through them into that place of, okay, I can trust what I know now. And that's uh, that's predominantly my work. That's what I do. Um, with each woman and it looks different for every single woman like every woman that comes through one of my containers what it looks like for her is not the same which just goes to show how this old paradigm of motherhood is it it just doesn't work it doesn't work for anyone right because for every woman something about it is not going to be correct for them so even those women who are really, really devoted and enjoy and it turns them on to spend lots and lots and lots of time giving to their children and that actually energizes and amplifies their own natural essence, there are still components of what we're told about motherhood that will create worry and stress and guilt and, and all of those things in them. And so they're the things for them to look at. And for other mothers like myself, that in huge amount of investment in, of time into my children was energetically not correct for me and it's actually by stepping away from that and maybe not giving them so much of my uh time in presence but actually giving them more of my uh time my time in in giving them my natural essence and the things that light me up 
that have allowed me to become the kind of mother that I'm supposed to be. And everybody has blossomed under that model. Could you talk a bit more about that? Because you speak a bit about how your earlier years when you were very much stuck in that old way of thinking and that really restrictive paradigm, when did you start to realise like this is not working and what was your experience of breaking out of that? Yeah, well, um, I actually, uh, so it was about, uh, it was after my third child was born and my eldest started going to school and there was this real sense in me of I didn't like my life. It was just a general sense of I didn't like my life. And so what I did in that, because I didn't have the tools to do anything else, is I started to numb that feeling because the guilt of not liking my life when I looked around at it and it was beautiful and I had everything that I was told that I should want uh, meant that I I just couldn't sit with that guilt. So I ended up with a drinking problem. And I spent a a couple of years in a really bad place where I was uh, uh, drinking way too much. And so every time I wasn't with my children, I was just numbing my pain. And there was this moment where uh, my marriage was failing. And when I was spending time with my children, I was miserable. And, uh, And I looked at them and I thought, how can I teach them to be happy when I'm not happy? Like, how can I model to them that life is amazing when I think life is terrible. And it was just the, the complete uh, hypocrisy of what I was doing was this mo- moment of, of realisation for me. It was like one of those lightning bolts out of the blue. And I didn't have the tools, so I did the only thing I could do, which was walk away from my marriage and my life. And I left my children with their father for three months because I wasn't capable of, Uh, caring for them and I knew that and that was a really heartbreaking decision and I set myself up with the sheer intention to create a life that I loved and I knew it would take time and and I think that is something that mothers do not value about themselves enough and it's something that I really would love every listener whether they're a mother yet or they plan on being a mother or they are a mother to really sink into is that motherhood is uh, a beautiful uh, practice of patience so we learn patience through being nine months of carrying <laughs> a baby that we already love but we've never met and then we practice patience as they grow up and they shift and change and we relearn who we are and so that was my approach when I left my marriage and I I, I left my children I sat with patience and I was like I don't care how long it takes but I will create a happy life for myself and at the point when I can I will bring my children back into that life and it took me three months and then it has been a journey ever since so it's been almost a decade of just creating a happier and happier and happier life for myself and and watching them become happier and happier and happier beings uh, in their lives because they're they're being modeled happiness so it's not just empty words it's like we always say to people you know your words have to match your actions and so that was my experience of motherhood my my words were not matching my actions and I had to go through this quite intense experience of uh, reforming that and then the the catalyst of that was last year when we were briefly talking before we started this call about how I went to live in Mexico for six months without my children and for me, that was a, a lifelong dream. I've, since I was a teenager, I wanted to travel and I had children really young. I was 22 when I first got pregnant with Tom and that was my second pregnancy. So it was, uh, it was travel wasn't an option for a very, very long time. Again, patience. Um, <laughs> but there was this point in my life where travel became possible and I did it and it was incredible. And I, I received an amazing opportunity to go back overseas for six months. And my children were really happy with their life here in Australia. And so we sat down as a family and we talked about uh, what we wanted from life and how, uh, you know, we would stay connected apart because they didn't want to leave and I, I wanted to go. And we made this agreement that we would give it a crack. We would just give it a crack. And if it didn't work, then I would come home, you know. And so we did that lived for six months apart and that taught me an incredible lesson about motherhood it taught me about what motherhood really is 
So quite often part of the conditioning that we receive is that motherhood is everything that you do for your children. The, it becomes the do you take them to their sports trainings? Do you pack their lunch boxes? Do you, you know, read them books at bedtime? And for six months I did none of that stuff. And I would say that my bond with my children, and I think they would agree with me, uh, got stronger because what we had left at the end of that day was just our love for each other. We had a, wow. a weekly we had a weekly Zoom call and and Facebook Messenger to keep us in connection, and it meant that we just spent all of our investment of time and energy into each other, uh, connecting with what really mattered, which was how much we loved each other. And mm. when I came back, uh, it's amazing the shift in how we treat each other because no longer am I the person that does everything for them. I am their, their home, their safe space, where they go for love and nourishment and nurturing. And to me, what I got to experience was watching them as individuals live their life. So they no longer became uh, something that was mine because they were my children, but they became their own unique individuals. And I got to see them thrive in their own lives with me being quite hands off. So in particular, this has been such a gift for me having a 16 year old son. And he's at that point where he's about to enter manhood. And we hear a lot in the talk of men's work around how important it is for, for boys to have a rite of passage into manhood and for them to be able to uh, stand alone on their own two feet. And that six months in Mexico really gave my son this chance of experiencing life outside of the nest, really, mm. of his mother. You know, I wasn't there to be constantly doing everything for him and since I've come back I've really experienced how our bond has changed in terms of I'm no longer the one that's nourishing and nurturing and, and providing for him he's actually doing all of that for himself and I'm still there as his support which is ultimately what we move into as mothers is this this constant place of support for our children as they grow mm. yeah do you think it comes from this wanting to do everything and it's so difficult to stop doing everything for them? Do you think that comes from like we don't trust that they can do it themselves or it comes from the external pressure of being seen as doing everything for them and what everyone else might think if you stop doing that for them? Yeah, it's. I think it's. it can be twofold. It's mm. twofold. So it's like we haven't been modelled uh, motherhood in any way other than what the generations before us have you know provided so there is this uh, inability to envisage a different way um, mm -hmm. we we tend to copy exactly what we've been modeled and in that we feel so deeply the things that we desired but didn't receive and that is natural and normal you know like I've made a thousand and one probably a million mistakes as a mother and uh and all I can do is be conscious of that and and you know and and try and be open and communicative with my children around that and and our parents are the same right they made mistakes with us and we feel that so deeply so quite often in motherhood what we're doing is we're trying to give our children what we didn't receive so that this is part of the importance of taking time to invest in yourself as a woman when you've um, moved into motherhood is to understand that motherhood isn't a chance for you to uh, raise your children in the way that you wish that you had been raised and to really raise yourself again. So what I call the rebirth process. So it's like having a really deep look at all of the things that through your childhood you desired that you didn't receive and raising yourself in that way and not projecting that onto your children. So yeah. in, in terms of having a child, the second you give birth, you've actually got two, right? You've got yourself and you've got your child. And mm -hmm. so you, you and your child have very different needs and so be really understanding of that. So there is that. And then the, the other part of it is that society projects onto us what our worth is determined by. So that part of motherhood, which is if you don't take your child to extracurricular activities, you're not doing as good a job as another mother who is. 
is an external projection of what makes a good mother. And so this is coming back to that instincts that we were talking about and knowing what is right for you and what is right for your children on an instinctual level, uh, not on a mental level. And our bodies tell us, right? So mm. a lot of what I have in my containers is women who are doing all these things because they feel like that makes them a good mother and yet they can feel in their body how wrong it is for them and they also see the resistance in their children to going at the pace that they're going at and in western society in particular we live at such a frantic pace Mm -hmm. and there is absolutely this massive benefit in slowing down and not doing so much So undoing that conditioning and programming of like the more you do for your children, the better and sinking back into as uh, uh, working out what it is that both you and your child truly desire Mm. from life in general, right, and from your connection with each other. Yeah, I think that's such an important distinction that you made just there um, that we, so many of us do see it as an opportunity to do not what our parents did, but that's not what it's about. (laughs) So that's such an important distinction that you made there. I want to go back a bit. Um, you mentioned leaving your partner and it's funny because when I got pregnant, I had a few friends say to me like, oh, well, I hope that Ugo's the one then, because we got pregnant so quickly. I think we were together for a year before I fell and it was like, oh, well, I, I hope he's the one then. And I'm like, well, that didn't actually cross my mind. What crossed my mind is I know he's the right dad for this baby. I, It's like it's so intertwined to if you're going to have a baby, this person should also be your person for life. But statistically and just in our lives, we know that so many it's so like so many people separate. But there is this fear and people say they're staying together for the kids. But what you have just shown and what you've just said is staying together was the opposite for the kids and actually leaving from what you said was one of the healthiest decisions you could have made. Mm, yeah. And I think that's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's been a beautiful part of my story. My ex-husband and I, the father of my children, we are great friends. So I just recently turned 40 and him and his partner came out to dinner with me and the kids and celebrated my 40th together. And uh, we have a really great relationship and we have that relationship because our marriage ended. Um, so we can both look back now. We got together very young and we, we grew and changed as pe- people as you do. And sometimes you don't grow along the same path and you grow apart. And part of uh, our story is that we are much happier and we get along a lot better and we raise children in a lot healthier way, not being married. So when I left my marriage, that was a huge conditioning uh, piece around that I am the first person in my family to get divorced you know so it was like and I grew up in a very conservative country town and everybody you know happy families was mom and a dad and two kids and here I was you know breaking that model apart and everybody assumed that it would be really really damaging for the children but almost instantly everything was uh, more pleasant and and better for the children because they weren't living in this environment that was unhealthy and and full of all of these uh, challenges that they were facing on an emotional level. So they got the space then to um, to be in a much healthier emotional environment with both their mum and their dad, even though it was challenging. And in that, we just kept the constant mantra of you know, what is it, what is best for the children? So in all our communication, in everything that happened following uh, our, our separation and our, our divorce was always as what, whatever was best for the children. And we just kept that focus. And in that, we've been able to raise children together still, even though we're not to, together ourselves. And mm. it's probably one of the healthier uh, relationships I see sometimes uh, in my life so you see couples that are still together and 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 they, they are together for the children and really what they're modeling again is that actions and words not matching right so mm. you want your children I want my children to grow up to be in beautiful healthy respectful uh, relationships that you know grow them and and nourish them and nurture them and to do that, I have to model that as well. So 
that is how we approached that and I absolutely same as you picked you know had had children with an amazing man who's an incredible dad and regardless of our relationship that was not a reflection on his his parent his ability to be a really amazing parent so um mm. that that was a real um that was something that I had to use my instincts to move through like I had to trust my instincts in the fact that he was a good dad and was there a wounded part of me that uh, and and we see it a lot in in broken relationships, uh, not broken relationships, but relationships that end. That the children become uh, a, a part of that uh, process in terms of being a, a kind of like a, a what what you can use to win or or lose in that situation. And um, instead of respecting the fact that they're individuals as well and they have the right to choose. So for our children, we we share custody of our children. They spend a week with their dad and a week with me. And when I went overseas, they spent six months with their dad and, and his partner. And for them, it's always been choice. It's like, where do you want to live? Who? How do you want to spend time with your parents? So it wasn't up to us to decide. It was up to them. And that's what they chose. Mm. And we would have accepted whatever their choice was and we've always said to them they have the right to choose something different if they want to and they've always been happy with the arrangement that we've got so uh, it was about empowering them to choose their own happiness and and what they needed as well in that arrangement and mm. quite often through divorce you see that the children don't get a voice which I think is uh, a real shame because their instincts are usually far more highly tuned in than as <laughs> so yeah. they, know, they know they know right they know uh-huh. what they know. exactly yeah yeah oh. yeah it's interesting like changing changing gears a little bit another thing I wanted to ask you about is um I feel like motherhood largely goes unacknowledged in society I think like I don't want to say it's a thankless task because I hate that but I can see now because you know when I was pregnant everyone's like all over you and everyone's so stoked and then and then you have the baby and then it seems to naturally shift to the baby and it's almost like if you let it stay that way you can very quickly just become this person's mom and but I do notice like for me, I'm someone who thrives in when I'm acknowledged and when I'm praised yeah. and I know that about myself and I find myself always asking my partner to like tell me that I'm doing a good job, like tell me. And then when people are like, oh, what a healthy baby, I'm like, yeah, I had a part of that. There's something about wanting to be seen in yeah. that as well. Yeah. And I feel like that goes so against the script of motherhood, which is you're meant to just sit back and this, the societal script of motherhood that you're meant to sit back and just happily sacrifice and not expect any recognition but I do feel like mothers would thrive so much more if they were seen more because okay you have mother's day but what do all the mother's day cards say thanks for everything you sacrifice for me yes. and I'm like what the fuck is that like you yes. know yes what you're speaking to here if if you don't mind me taking like a a little bit of a spiritual bent I believe is this deep primal intuition of knowing how important motherhood is to the to the future of the planet and to the future of humanity right Uh, Mm -hmm. I am a big proponent of you know mothers are perhaps the most underutilized resource that we have in shifting the direction of where where we're going into the future Um, because we have like a deep instinctual knowing of death and rebirth and transformation right we've been through it in our cells and we've seen we've created something from nothing so when you hear people talk about you know the power of the feminine um, mothers have the power of the feminine amplified because they've actually you know created something that you can you know hold in your arms with Mm. that power and that will be the future of the world and and the planet so uh that that desire for acknowledgement and recognition is that that energy speaking through you of like this is the future this is the future and um and I have a really 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 important role to play in it right so Mm. every mother walking the planet is like for me one of the most powerful powerful tools that the world has to create the the future that we all dream of 
because she's done it. She's done it with her own body, right? And ask her how she did it and, uh, and, and empower her and enable her to show the world what it wants to, to know. You know, there's, uh, you know, there's a whole planet of people running around going, how do we change the course of the future into something that is more beautiful, more uh, sustainable, more nourishing, more nurturing, more loving? And mm-hmm. we have all these women walking around on the planet with the answer in their very bodies and we just need to listen to them. And so that desire for mothers to be acknowledged and recognised in their role as a mother is valid and true and powerful. So rather than looking at it from the terms of you want your worth validated and you should do that yourself, actually look at that in terms of like what is this really speaking to? And that is actually, I believe, speaking to this wisdom that mothers hold that our planet needs right yeah and that woman knowing that she has something to offer here and like can I please let this out into the world so that what I can feel in my body what I can feel inside of me as a mother can become reality for everybody right Mm, yeah wow Yeah, it's true. And there's just so many things in society that stop that from happening. I think a big thing is the expectation is that as soon as you become a mother, you'll separate from the sexual side of yourself. And it's Mm. like you have to divorce yourself from that. And not even just because you feel like it's internal as well. I feel like it's really hard for many mothers to like try even reclaim that part of themselves. Like, Can you speak a bit to that? Yes, yeah. So this is a huge part of the work I do. I work a lot with sexual energy and 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 tapping back into that because when we talk about intuition and we talk about life force, vital energy and our natural energetic signature, it it the core of it is our sexual energy. It's the core that it's, it's the energy of creation and death, right? And if you you hunt, if you are in tune with and harness your sexual energy in whatever form it is currently taking, and this isn't like making you more sexual, it's about you being able to listen to your sexual energy. So there will be times in your life when you aren't feeling like particularly sexual, but you can still be turned on. So sexual energy is the ability to be turned on by life. And mothers are encouraged to shut this part of themselves down, right? We're actively taught not to be sexual once we have children. And yet that is actually teaching us don't be turned on by life, right? So it is like the way it is programming us into becoming these numb people that just sacrifice and give and don't take anything back because being turned on by life means you you're ready to receive pleasure you're ready to receive uh the the inspiration and the ideas and the and the experiences that allow you to create right Mm -hmm. so sexual energy is what helps us create the next generation but sexual energy is also what helps us to create the projects the offerings the Uh, presence in the world that Mm. will create the next thing that the world is looking for so getting back in tune with your sexual energy beyond having sex with somebody or being intimate with somebody is a really powerful thing for a woman to empower herself to have presence in the world Mm -hmm. Uh, and and it teaches our children to have healthy sexual energy so a lot of what we see in society is an unhealthy Uh, presentation of sexual energy and so if we use uh, daughters for an example I want my daughters to be body confident and I want them to love their bodies as beautiful you know containers for their amazing amazing uh, uh, energies energy signatures their personalities their their being right and for them to be body confident what they what they need to do is to be able to hold their sexual energy really strongly and that's what society programs women not to do. We're told to only hold sexual energy in a certain form, uh, in certain circumstances, in 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 uh, certain situations, and and in and to project it out into the world, uh, and to attach our worth to our sexual energy. Whereas sexual energy is actually something so completely natural and normal that as long as they're embodying it for themselves in themselves 
everything else falls into place. Women that come into my containers that have body image issues and they want to eat better or get fitter or lose weight or whatever it is. like Which is so common postpartum, hey, and yes. for most moms. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, exactly. When, when they get back in touch with their sexual energy, a lot of that stuff falls away and they'll naturally start eating better and they'll naturally move their bodies in ways that is good for their body because what's happening is they're turned on right they're turned on by the experience of having a body and using it and being Mm. in it and living in it and when they're turned on by that experience then suddenly those stretch marks or uh, the loose skin from having had a baby or whatever else just actually becomes pleasurable it's like whoa like this is amazing this is incredible this is such a gift that I have this body that can do all of this stuff and I'm so turned on by that and then what happens by that is that low sex drive if we talk about intimacy again that quite often is a struggle for mothers because time poor living out of alignment all that sort of stuff this all this projection around my body has changed and looks different uh, gets reprogrammed it's like my body has changed it looks different I use my time differently I think different things turn me on now you know, like in my day, just in like suddenly a half hour nap is the sexiest thing I can possibly <laughs> do right now. And and so it's like being learning that and getting back in tune with what now this body desires because it might desire something different to what it used to desire gives you a confidence to trust yourself. And that's what uh, women lack in terms of, mothers lack in terms of sexual energy is confidence, right? Mm. So, our confidence is taken away because the projection of what sexual energy like was determined as being held well or not, which is that projection of what is sexy or what, what uh, a woman holding sexual energy should or shouldn't be doesn't Mm -hmm. apply to mothers. And there is no model for mothers. Mothers just aren't sexual. Uh, And by regaining confidence in your own sexual energy, you create your own model for what that Mm -hmm. energy looks like. So for me, it looks like wild dancing with sticks painted up in body paint. And I had (laughs) women come into my containers doing the sexual embodiment work going, I don't want that. And I'm like, no, of course not you, right? And so they discover what their sexual energy looks like embodied in them. And then that becomes how they hold that energy. And it's magnetic. It is so magnetic. So part of that piece around wanting uh, to be seen and to be acknowledged as a mother, this sexual energeti- energetics work is really a, a really, really, really foundational part of that because when you are holding your own sexual energy, people can't help but notice you. Mm. And, and, and in terms of your children seeing that in you, it actually becomes really empowering for your children because they get to approach sexual energy from a natural normal state rather than the projected condition state that the world offers them well thank you for that how can how can mothers kind of start to reconnect to that part of themselves what is some of the first things you do with mothers who are wanting to reconnect with their sexual energy yeah um the first thing i do is work with them around um like the model of feminine energetics, right? So we're quite often, again, uh, given a, a, a conditioning around what being feminine looks like, right? So you have, mm-hmm. and even in terms of light, light and dark, right? So for, for women in general, and not, to, not just mothers, I think it gets amplified in motherhood, but in, for women in general, the light feminine is really uh, kind of, glorified and it's when motherhood really firmly sits in this really like loving embodiment of feminine energy it's all about being a loving soft uh, creature right and the dark Mm. feminine either gets projected as being like this wounded part of us and all our wounds and traumas which I don't believe either or the dark feminine is this dangerous scary uh, kind of yeah destroyer of worlds right Mm. and the truth is every woman is both light and dark and in that light and dark there is different embodiments of what that looks like for women and to be honest like for me motherhood and the role of motherhood is quite 
strongly embodied in the dark feminine. So I'm, I come into motherhood holding a lot of power. So it's like there is an essence to me that is wild and transformative and rule, a rule breaker and a risk taker and a pushing boundaries. And that is how I've approached motherhood, obviously. <laughs> paradigm of motherhood and that is how also how I raise my children so I'm like raising little wild beings because that's true to my natural essence um, but I also have really amazing access to my light feminine and so I still bring that loving nurturing and nourishing what that looks like for me is different to the baking scones model that I described earlier right so it's yeah. about learning what was right for me how I explore this with women is we go through looking at both of those facets and we break it down even more uh, into like what is loving creativity look like? What does loving embodiment look like? What does powerful creativity look like? What does powerful embodiment look like? From And, and getting women to actually pretend like they're four different women at once and what are wow. the desires of each of those women? All right. And so getting back in tune with what their own personal desires are. And in terms of sexual energy, what do each of those four women desire sexually in terms of self-pleasure, right? So coming first back to giving everything to yourself. Um, and, and that's because, because of this sacrifice mentality around motherhood. I actually work with the polarity of that, which is selfishness. So when we look at sexual energy, and in terms of selfishness, it's about giving to yourself, right? Being really selfish about what you want to receive and giving that to yourself unconditionally, right? And then you can like let that ripple out into the world and receive that from others and all sorts of things, so from your partner and 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 the world in general, right? So understanding that there isn't just one desire that you hold in terms of your sexual energy, that it's really multifaceted and there is parts of it that you're going to be more comfortable with and parts of it that you're probably going to be disconnected with and parts of it that will be unhealthily projected because of conditioning, wounding, trauma, all of that sort of stuff. So what we were talking about around rebirthing and, and giving yourself all of those things that you desired that you didn't receive uh, through your life today up until the point where you became a mother, a lot of that will come out as a projected uh, into the world as a wounded feminine. So for me, my dark feminine was quite wounded. And so she mm. came out as very angry and aggressive. And that came through in my sexual energy of being very forceful and demanding and like mm. blowing things up if I didn't get my own way. Mm -hmm. And really what that's bubbled down to was as a little girl, uh, I was always told to calm down and to like mm. not be so full on and not be, you know, I was too, the, the traditional too much girl, right? Mm -hmm. Like so that wild essence of me wasn't valued and mm -hmm. loved, right? And yeah. so, so it was about healing all of that internally within me and then being able to hold all of that energy healthily for myself. And then when I could do that for myself, then I could start to give that out into the world in a really healthy way. My baby's about to eat. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to pop him on the boob while we keep finishing mm -hmm. this chat, if that's okay. Perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how much more like, um, I don't know. Now I just get my boob out everywhere. I used to be so much more oh, like, will I breastfeed in public? And now I'm just like, meh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so exactly. proud of it. <laughs> I breastfed two children uh, uh, at once for a while. And that was that at was once. experience. Yeah, yeah. So my, oh my daughters are only 16 Respect. months apart. Yeah, my wow. and I was still breastfeeding when I gave birth. And there's this amazing, this is like, our, our bodies are so amazing. Like you can produce two completely different types of milk. Like, right. It's incredible. So I had a newborn and a 16-month-old and my milk would alter to give them both what they needed. And it was oh just, it, it was insane. Like I'd, I'd, our bodies are wild. Like so I know, incredible. it's crazy. And that's what I think about when I'm in these in the weeks postpartum and I'm like, I want to get my body back. I'm like, I have this magical milk that is adapting itself to my baby's needs and I'm worrying yeah. about getting my body back. So where were we? We were talking about um, being like the too much girl when you were younger. Yeah. And so many of us can can identify with that. I know I can. 
Yeah, and I imagine that a lot of the the salty members would be too much girls. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Let uh, let's talk about the too much girl because it's it's such a a powerful thing to embrace, right? Yeah. So, and particularly as mothers, right? Because we're going to be raising daughters, and we're going to be who who might be too much girls, and we're going to be raising sons who we want to be able to embrace too much girls. Yes. I don't think it's too much at all. I'm like, turn it up more, uh-huh. more, 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 right? I had a beautiful person tell me once, I feel like you're like chugging along at life at 30%. And I'm like, 30%? I thought I was 80. And they're like, no, I'm feeling 30. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Like that excites me. What does 100 look like? <laughs> yeah, that's right, right? So like the whole the whole too much thing, I think comes back as well for what we're talking about, this capacity for mothers to understand life and death, right? And this ability for us to be able to create something from nothing, right? Mm. So if you are a woman who is a mother and you can identify with this label of too much, like let's explore that as as potential, right? Mm. So if you understand life and death and your ability to create something from nothing and literally like when I say life and death, what happens when you give birth, when you create something from nothing through that process you as as a woman die and are reborn so you are you become like kind of like unlocked all of this stuff that was dormant in you is suddenly active right when you become a mother and this is this process of what you were talking about where I thought I had it sorted and now I've got this baby and I'm like what (laughs) and this is all this stuff that was just dormant in you awakening and being like hey like now you get to be reborn you die you've died and you're reborn and all this stuff is activated and what the hell does it look like and who am I now and so if you identify with having been a too much woman before you had kids when you give birth and you've created something from nothing and you've died through that process and you've been reborn assume that you are even more now right Mm. and so what quite often happens is we try to be less so for me a lifetime of being too much had children and all that too muchness then was amplified in my energy and so I had to work even harder to keep it less and in that that's what really led to my like breaking point my dark night of the soul or whatever you want to call it right because that too muchness would not be denied it's like karmic it's fate it's life purpose right it was it was never going to be denied uh, its existence in the world and so if you instead of like resisting it and fighting against this too muchness that you've held all your life and and then now becomes amplified as a mother instead if you embrace it and you see yourself as one of the most powerful leaders of the future, what does that shift and change in your reality, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to like sink into what about that? What if you follow that breadcrumb of like, okay, I was was like playing small before I had kids and now I've got like even more Mm -hmm. behind me now that I've had children because there's all of this stuff that is awake. What do I want to follow in that like energetic flow to really like let myself be unlocked and step into even more of my too muchness, right? Mm. To become like exponentially more. And in doing that, like you can, you can see like when I work with women around this, I can just see them kind of be like whoa because they the the real power behind it is before when you were before you had children you were the it was all about you right and mm. like so wanting to express yourself and let all of that uh that part of you shine brighter and brighter and brighter that desire to do that was for yourself but once you have children you understand like the bigger picture right what are you really doing it for you've got all of these extra lives that you want to do it for so it it becomes like this uh additional confidence this additional courage this additional bravery this additional you know like 
mm. gumption to get going on stuff right it's like yeah. yeah and and it and it's like I people ask me how have you done what you've done in your life like where did you find the strength and the courage to do it and and for me, it's like always the reflection back to my children. You know, if it had just been me, I don't think I would have had that much courage. Yeah. It wasn't I, just me. Yeah, I understand that. I think like since I got pregnant, I've taken so much more risks. I've followed through with so many things. I've like with the Salty Club, you know, that's probably accelerated more than, you know, we for two years we weren't profitable and it's such a weird parallel to draw, but it's just what comes to me. But I think as soon as I got pregnant, I was like, no, I have to give this all I've got and I want to see this through and I want to stop holding myself back in all these things. And it's just funny that now we've just, I don't know why, like just thinking about now it gives me goosebumps and now we've grown exponentially. I'm like, shit, I wonder if this has some part of that, you know? Yeah. But maybe it yeah. was something where yeah. I was like, all right, I'm all in, I'm going. Like yeah. there's no. Yeah. I, that, and that 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 phrase I'm all in right yeah like because because it you are all in because there are other yeah. little lives depending on you so I've always wanted to change the world I've always wanted to help women you know be live true authentic lives and to you know not have to pretend to each other for me the sisterhood wound in my life has always been something that I felt so passionate about that women being competition with each other rather than like yeah. allies and each other's biggest fans yeah and now that I have friends that are going to grow up and have you know friends and other women in their life and they're going to I want them to to have a world that like embraces them and encourages them and and brings them along. So for me, that is like every mother that I help step into her truth and authenticity, so that she can have her ripple effect in her community, is like just this amplification of creating this world that my daughters are going to be able to walk into and be supported instead of wow. feel like they have to defend themselves in. So yeah. like there's 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 a bigger broader picture to everything when I yeah. when I look at it from the perspective of a mother yeah. and creating men who can hold women in that complexity uh -huh. right don't expect yes. them to be just yes. these little 2d things like growing these men who understand how multifaceted women are and embrace it and love it so that it, there doesn't have to be any concept of a too much woman anymore yes yes yeah. yes yeah yeah and a lot of the healing that I've done through my life around you know uh, the masculine and and you know and men and and all of that sort of stuff and how society has you know portrayed women and the way that men have been conditioned to see women and all the rest of it having a son for me has been such a, an incredible catalyst for a lot of that as well because mm. I see I see through him and his experience of growing up what men of my age would have experienced in their world, right? And and yeah. so that just creates this desire for me to create a society where men uh, have less uh, barriers as well to developing into manhood, right? So it becomes this like very powerfully loving uh, devotion to 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 life and to creating uh, something in the world that is more healthy and nourishing and nurturing for everyone. So when we talk about that whole the future isn't male or female the future is you know healthy men and women coming together yes. you know mothers because we give birth to men and women are like <laughs> like we get it we like we don't love our daughters more than our sons or anything like yeah. that it's not like we'd prefer to only have daughters and never have a son we're like we love them all um and and so it's like we understand this coming together the unity of it all yeah. 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 It's so true. I think that's, I could just talk to you all day about this. I just feel so <laughs> lit up from talking yeah. to you. I feel like it's been an hour and a half. I should probably start wrapping it up. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to say thank you so much for this chat today. Like it has been, I feel lit up. I already feel just turned on from Yay. this chat. And I think that's a testament to what you have to offer and for people who are interested, how can they find you and how can they work with you and what do you have in the works yeah. in the next month? Um, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, 
uh, it's at Rebecca Freeman Coaching. I have a website, RebeccaFreemanCoaching.com. Um, I'm very, very present on those. It's the easiest way to find me, getting my DMs. I love it. I love hearing from mothers and and making connections all around the world. Um, next year, I have actually have a really beautiful uh, program coming up, especially for mothers that will be launched uh, in the first half of the year called Reborn. And it is all of this work around sexual energetics and owning your truth and creating your own uh, new paradigm for motherhood, writing your own motherhood handbook uh, wrapped up into a, a beautiful eight-week container. Oh, so that will be amazing. available then. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and it's I like to call it part coaching, part, part community. So it's really about... Mm. Uh, women inspiring other mothers inspiring each other so exactly what you said on this call feeling lit up just from having this conversation with you getting to watch you like do your thing and be lit up and in your in your zone while you're holding your baby in your arms <laughs> it's like my cheeks are hurting it's so so incredible this is what it's all about and, and inspiring each other Rebecca has also made an exclusive workshop for the Salty Club members. It's called The New Paradigm for Motherhood, and it's a rebirth into empowerment and enhancement, whether you're expecting or you already have kids. Uh, it's amazing. It, there's an audio bit that you just have to listen to, and then there's this journaling workbook, which has three phases. So there's the activation rebirth activation that's the first one with a bunch of journaling exercises and then there's activation two which is empower and then there's activation three which is enhance and all of these have these awesome journaling prompts and it's just incredible so if you're a salty club member you can check that out if you're not uh, now's the time you get seven days free just to check it out you can find all of this and a ton of other stuff ton of other workshops, interviews, as well as yoga classes, surf-inspired workouts, recipes, all of the goodness that Salty Club has. You can find all of this at thesalty.club. That's thesalty.club.